Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode we have Netflix 159th film from 2019. It's the Indian Hindi language comedy drama called Chopsticks. This is directed by Sachin Yadi and it stars Abhay Diol, Mithila Palka, and Vijay Raz. I am Jesse and I am here with MJ. How are you? I'm good. I am good. I haven't done, I actually haven't done a foreign language film for a while. I think I missed a few when I went on my little break. Um, and I think since I've been back, there's probably like two that I've missed just through uh, being busy. And at least one of them was, was a foreign language film. So I'm back. I'm back with the Indian films. Netflix loves their Indian films. They sure do. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is uh, one that I probably wouldn't have watched again um, as usual. I, I remember when it came out because I reckon you know, put together the really? list of the films we're going to do. And um, I, that title, Chopsticks, really stood out when um, I was like, what on earth would this be about? So I'm excited to get into the chat about this one. All right. I like the sound of that. And you're right. Yeah, it's not a – we've had titles where we're like, I'm never going to remember that title. And we, we go, mm. we get to the podcast and we're like, what was that movie called again? So, all right, we'll give them Chopsticks. It's all right. We, we start off with our Fast Flicks, our quick little uh, summary of the film. What are you, What's your Fast Flicks for Chopsticks? It is. Uh, an innocent and naive young lady has her car stolen and enlists the help of a dodgy yet savvy man to help get it back. I like that. That's very IMDb-ish. Uh, that's, that it's would it's awful. It's, it's so <laughs> I struggled with this one as well. I, I, I've just said it's a, a friendship is formed to find a stolen car, but there may be more to discover along the way. Now, that's, that's nice. That is nice because it's so easy to do what I did and because this, no, we'll get into it. You know, I'm not going to talk about it now because I'm going to say, I'm just going to say things that I want to talk in more depth. But yeah, right, well, we'll go. put it out there now. We're probably going to spoil this film. So if uh, Chopsticks is on your watch list and you haven't seen it, uh, give us a pause. Come back later on because we'll we'll talk about this film uh, in a in a bit of detail because I don't think a lot of people have seen it anyway, so it's not really going to matter. But mm-hmm. if you did want to watch it, um, give us a pause. So, <laughs> what have you been able remember to remember? People are coming to the podcast because they have listened, they have watched this film. Like, I want to hear people talk about Chopsticks. I've seen it. So yes, exactly. Well, those people are right. We, we, yeah, exactly. Well, fill us in on what you could find out about uh, how this film came to our screens. This is probably my worst effort in potentially since we've been doing the podcast at actually trying to find information. And I don't know if I'd, I half asked it a little bit too much, but I didn't find anything about this film. All I can tell you is that <laughs> they had the trailer come out in May and then the film was then released at the end of May. That's like seriously all I've got for you. And I had a look around. Um, there's, there's a few bits of, sorry, there's a few bits and pieces about the history or the making of the film, but not about like Netflix's involvement, unless like, I, unless I just missed it, um, you know, whether they struck a deal with a production company or whatever like that. I'm actually not too sure, but I have to assume that maybe Netflix was on board from the start because uh, I saw some interviews with the, with the main uh, actor in the film and he was sort of talking about the, the difference between working on independent films that get released uh, in cinemas versus the fact that you've got a digital online streaming worldwide platform to, to work with and how that how appealing that is, particularly for Indian films. But apart from that, Jesse, I can't tell you much about how this film was made. Well, I, your assumptions have, have worked out well because you're, you're 100% on track where... Uh, unlike the other the other Indian films that we have covered, like Lost Stories and Love Post 
square foot, they were, they were acquired by Netflix. So um, they were made and then Netflix picked them up. Whereas you are hundred percent correct where Netflix was actually involved from the scripting stage for this one. So yeah, this is officially the, the first Netflix original Indian film that was both, both produced and distributed by Netflix. So um, that was in an interview with, with the director that I, I saw. So on the, on the ballpark there, um, good work with that. Good work. I thought that um, Music Teacher and another one that we did might have even been Bruj Mahan. Um, I feel like they were acquired from the start as well because I read something that said this is the first um, I, produced I Netflix original. Possibly I, uh, the language difference, like they're in Tamil, possibly. Right. And okay. I think this okay. is in. I think that was the the it difference between Hindi. them. Where this is Hindi, yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that was the difference. So, um, the the first Hindi. Okay. Version. I could be I read that, and I just chalked yeah, it up as someone. Up. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you might be right. I chalked it up as someone being. Well, you obviously haven't done a podcast in the film, so you don't know how many other Indian films that Netflix has done. Because I know <laughs> a lot of them have been acquired, but then I I know that Music Teacher specifically was they did a deal with the production company to to acquire a couple of the films, and Music Teacher was the second one, so they were on board years before it was even, or a year before it was even made. So, but that's Correct. interesting. Good to know. I reckon we've probably got the the best knowledge of our Indian Netflix original films out of anyone going around, to be honest. So no one can argue with us. Uh, let's let's be fair. Probably anyone. Maybe in Australia. Um, well, I, I think it's fair to say that the Indian um, community probably has more of an idea about it than we do. Yeah, bring me back down. That's fine. Um, so let's <laughs> let's the, just show a bit of modesty. <laughs> the the translations for this one. There's a couple of, of good ones for this that I, I saw in international markets. So the worldwide Spanish title for this one was called Teamwork, which I don't mind. That's not, not too bad a title. Um, and then we sort of moved on. Brazil called it a cheetah of good, which um, is an interesting interpretation of the film. And, and my mm. favourite was was from Vietnam. And in Vietnam, they called this the synergy couple, <laughs> which I, I let me talk a bit <laughs> later on. I'm not 100% sure I'd classify them as a couple, but um, sure, we can go with that title. <laughs> um, a couple doesn't have to be romantic. Like it, it, it's just a couple, right? True. All right. Well, the tagline for this one. Did you did you see the tagline? I saw it accidentally. <laughs> I saw it when I was on IMDb, and it's in big it's in big words on the poster. So it's shit, just goat real because um, a goat plays an important part in this film. <laughs> I'm gonna say I like that tagline. I think yeah, the tagline too. actually ties in really nicely to the tone of the film. It's having fun. Obviously, you're dropping. You know, you're dropping a big swear word in there on the tagline, so you know exactly who you are. And I, I was actually happy with that one. Me too. Uh, the only other thing I've got here is that the credits. Um, I stayed right till the end, and it comes up with a big title card at the end of the credit saying that this program contains product placement. So I'm guessing that's uh, something that you need to include in um, in films. My my guess, I didn't say what. Um, what companies they're talking about, but I think that opening scene um, with Hyundai um, it was probably what we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah, and like that was when it, when the product placement is still very much part of the story, it, it works a lot better. Like they're completely leaned into the fact that um, that they need to get a car, right? So they might as well they might as well do a deal. And this car, they're going to get heaps of exposure. That's natural exposure. They're not. We're not just showing the car because we need to show a logo of like when you're watching TV, especially in Australia, watching a bit of, 
SAS Australia, one of the few TV shows I do watch, you'd see them driving in a car and then like a big bang Land Rover, just a logo of the Land Rover just going past the screen. So it felt a little bit more organic with this. Good. Well, time to talk about the the feedback from this one, I guess, and, and what, are, what are the critics and the audiences saying about this film? Yeah, the, the the two platforms I always look at, Jesse, as you know, are IMDb and Letterboxd. And I think it's worth saying that these are probably very westernised platforms. Um, so we've got a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, only 4,500 ratings. But again, I don't think that's necessarily reflective of the amount of audience that actually has watched this um, because we're, not, we're probably not getting a lot of the Indian community who watched this film, and they're probably not jumping on IMDb or Letterboxd. So that's that's only where I can sort of say that I want to take those numbers with a bit of trepidation. The six and a half out of 10 is a um, good enough sample size. So it's, you know, it's a really good score. 2.8 out of five on Letterboxd, just over 800 ratings. That's a really, really low amount of ratings. Um, but again, I don't think it's necessarily saying that no one watched this film. It just means that maybe a lot of Western countries haven't watched this film. People in Western countries have watched Agree. Uh, the other one, obviously, is our favourite Rotten Tomatoes. This uh, sits on 17%. Very, very low. It's only on six reviews, um, so it is rotten, but the the audience had it completely different. The audience had it at 77%. So um, that was a, a bucket that's standing up on, on Rotten Tomatoes, but, again, it's on less than 50 reviews, so um, not a huge sample size. And we know, obviously, that you're being sarcastic when you say our favorite Rotten Tomatoes. But, you know, if you're listening for the first time, I don't want people to think that we think Rotten Tomatoes is the gospel on this because we don't like it. <laughs> Sorry, I just assume everyone knows I'm the most sarcastic person going around. So. <laughs> my, my bad. All right, let's uh, let's talk about our early thoughts. What, where are we going with this one? What are you thinking? Uh, this, this was a weird film, um, but it, it was cute in its own way. But more on the weird side, I'll be honest, because in 45 minutes, all that had happened was she'd asked a guy for help to get her stolen car back and he'd asked another guy to keep an eye out. And that was the first 45 minutes. Like, I was just, nothing nothing was happening. Um, The last 20 minutes was a little bit of a saving grace, I think. Um, And if you pitch it as this cute, quirky film, you can potentially avoid the question of why was this story actually made into a film? Um, So it's... It was okay. It was so weird. It was just a bit weird. Yeah, I agree. There's quite a, a bit of a weirdness to this. And, and, you know, like it's an okay film. There's some good moments. There's some real lame stuff in here. Uh, to me, the main character, Nurma, um, frustrated the living daylights out of me. Um, I just, It's just really hard to think that there's anyone in the world that's actually like that. So um, that frustrated me. But... <laughs> I mean, it's nothing new, but it's still an acceptable watch. Like it's 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 not something that I'm cringing at the whole time. Yeah, I think I think you're right. All right, well, let's talk about some characters. Start us off with uh, Numa. Yeah, well, you sort of said it. So Numa, I think she almost gets away with it. Um, what you said about, you know, does anybody like that actually exist? she's super adorable she's super naive and she's super innocent and they set that up really well like i i think that this is just someone who is just really really innocent and has no confidence in herself and whilst you kind of root for her maybe mainly out of sympathy as you said she's really frustrating to get behind because she does things that are just basically setting herself up for failure and then getting surprised that she fails um but again the positive of all this is that you can enjoy her her story arc or her character arc because she learns confidence and she learns 
to back her own convictions, which I think they probably were there all along. She has, she has the right convictions, um, but then she just sort of starts to take control of it and take control of her own life. So in, in a sweet, cute, uh, simplistic way, it's, it's easy to get behind her and, uh, and where she goes from, from start to finish. Cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you on those, those sentiments about the idea of her ta- actually taking control in the end because it kind of did frustrate me that this, this was almost set up as like this damsel in distress character where, you know, he needs to be saved <laughs> by a male or needs the male to, to get what she needs. Um, so I really didn't like her. I just found her really unlikable and like <laughs> the whole idea about being named after washing powder. I mean, I'll talk about it in some scenes. <laughs> at times I hated it. At times I found it funny. So it was, it was really hit and miss with, with where that was at. And the whole idea of like, you know, I don't think she was actually paying this artist dude. Um, and, you know, they, they, there was no, there was this one moment where they hold hands and it's like, oh, are they turning this into a romance? And that was like literally it. And I think that, you know, there's no romantic connection. She sucks at work. Her relationship with her mum doesn't sound very good. She's got no friends and she can't use chopsticks. So she doesn't have much going for her. <laughs> hey, she doesn't suck at work. She just lacked the confidence to take on the bigger jobs. And by the end of it, she had that confidence. But yeah, yeah. She, she was. But you know what? She wasn't. She wasn't disappointed with her lot in life. No, she was happy to just sit at her home and fall asleep at the table yeah. and wake up and contemplate life. Anyway, let's 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 move on. Let's talk about the artist. Fill me in on the artist. I was actually pretty into artists, like in, in the sense that I think he bought. I think he bought this charisma and mystery when the movie was really going nowhere, um, and. And whilst that direction never really took off for the film, I think there was certainly something about him that kept me interested that something might happen. So I think that's a real pass for this character. I'm still a little bit confused by his backstory. I'm not sure. Is he a criminal that's actually hid from the law or is he just a guy who's really skillful at breaking locks and has a lot of dodgy connections? And did he try and open up a restaurant that failed and now he just lives in the abandoned building? Um, He's obviously still a registered caterer of sorts. Like I don't quite understand his whole story. Yeah, I, I really liked like those cooking elements to his life. Like the, and I was going to say I really liked what what these elements brought to the table. Um, <laughs> it was just I just thought that <laughs> I just I just thought that they were they were nice little moments that that were put throughout. And um, yeah, obviously he's got those those dodgy sides to him and. I mean, and living in that dump, but he, he spent all that money on the kitchen. It's, it was sort of a bit like if, you, if you, you're if you a criminal mastermind and you, you're breaking safes and getting all this cash, just do up the whole apartment. Like, don't, don't just worry about the kitchen. Well, that's why I thought that maybe it was supposed to be a restaurant that he was going to open up and he did the kitchen. Then he like ran out of money or right. couldn't do something. And he just like, oh, I'm just going to live in the rest of this yeah. rut and then have me kitchen yeah. i don't that would, know that would, that would make sense um yeah but i I, just, I thought he was really really cool smooth and i just i really liked him too yeah, good i'm glad <laughs> is there anyone else that um you wanted to talk about um I, i've got um the bad the bad dude i think his name was fires by but i didn't really pick that up when i was watching but that's probably yeah. on me yeah um i i really don't know what to say about him i just feel like i should say something about it because the scenes that were with him felt really odd and misplaced. And even though I knew that he was there to set up some sort of proper, you know, issue for the main characters, otherwise they were just searching for a stolen car for a hundred minutes. <laughs> um, but like all they really set up is that he's a bad man and he loves his goat. And then by the end, 
I guess Nurma instills some love into him that makes him realize how much he loves his goat. That that, that could be the weirdest character analysis I've ever given. But I I think they just set up the guy like, hey, this guy's a bad man. And then by the end, it's like, but he's got some good traits because he loves his goat. Like that's kind of all I'm getting out of him. I I agree. I think that, you know, they set him up as that stereotypical villain, but you probably don't need all like a lot of good movies that, that have that type of villain. You just have these quick, short, like shots of the villain sitting in a chair or, you know, stroking the cat on it or stroke his goat or something like that to to add to the humor (laughs) of this. Whereas, you know, that whole side story with the singer that he's like torturing and getting him to sing on, it wasn't really needed. Like it didn't really add anything to the, the main protagonist that we were following. So um, and I'm not hundred percent sold on that whole turnaround in the last 20 seconds um, of, him, of him deciding he's got a heart. I think that was a little bit of a cop out just to quickly finish the film. Cause I, I did look at the film and I was like, there's only like eight minutes to go and there's no resolution inside. And I was like, Oh, okay, there we go. Bang. It's done. <laughs> oh, I did like, obviously he gave her the car back and it's really nice. But the thing that really got me is when he's like, I can't remember the goat's name now, but he's like, he's not, he's not fighting anymore. He's yeah. like, ah, oh, I actually love this goat. This this goat, this goat's kind of like the most important thing in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Um, did you pick up anything on the director Sachin Yadi? So I, I've actually, I'm going to read a direct quote because I read an article by uh, Akil Aurora from Gadgets Three Hundred and Sixty Degrees because I didn't know anything about Sachin Yadi, and he, he he mentions here in this article if you were to look up Chopsticks writer and director Sachin Yadi before you sat down to watch this film it would not inspire confidence for what you're about to watch, let alone tempt you to hit the play button. Yardi's credits include scripting the 2005 adult comedy Kaya Cool High Hum and helming its 2012 sequel Kaya Super Cool High Hum and directing 2008 K Company, which he wrote with the Chopsticks co-writer. All three films were panned by critics with the aforementioned two also taken to task for their abhorrent treatment of LGBT characters and community at large making light of rape and sexual assault and the use of racial slurs, all that was naturally in addition to Bollywood's all-too-frequent use of female stars as sexy lamps. So that's, that, that's, that's who he was before Chopsticks. Wow. Um, and that, like, I didn't go into as much detail as that. I looked at the, so obviously um, a bit of writing in, on IMDb, it has the posters for those films that you've mentioned. And literally you can see that they're those types of uh, raunchy comedies that um, <laughs> that you've mentioned. So uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. That's a, a little bit of a disappointing thing to hear about poor old Sachin. Yeah. And so in a sense, he's, he's come around really nicely on this film. He's, 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 uh, he's seen the light and he's, he's back on the right course. Yeah. I think apart from like a couple of F-bombs, there's, there's very little that would offend in this. There's, there's no nudity. There's no, um, yeah. So it's a, a big change up from, from what you've mentioned. And the swearing in this is actually really well placed and, and fits really nicely and is, is done quite tastefully. Yeah, it's it's to give a little bit more of an insight into um, into the character of, of Nurma. So I guess we can talk now about some scenes that we we liked in this one. What did you enjoy in this? Yeah, it's weird. I've only got two in here, and basically start and the end. But um, I really like the quirky opening sequence with the number plates. Um, I think it was a really nice way to open me into a film that I knew nothing about. It was fun. We knew that this character obviously was a little bit eccentric in, in a way, but also um, she got pushed around pretty easily, but it was just a fun way to open it. I, I, th- I thought it was um, 
I thought it was done really well to just capture your attention straight away. Nice. And then I had a bit of trouble with the rest of the film, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought, as I said in, in my opening, that the last 20 minutes was a bit of a saving grace. And despite some of the issues that may have actually happened, the final handover scene was pretty good. Seeing Nurma come around full circle, take that control, um, no longer be that damsel in distress, but also as much of a cop-out as it is, actually you know, come across to the bad guy and let him realise this is what's happened. This is what you did to me. You know, you took my car. Like, why did you take my car? That really hurt me. And, and that, that sort of spoke to him. So that was really good. And you know what? I love a scene in the rain. You get a scene in the rain, right? <laughs> I think it, it adds so much. So that was, that was nice. It's a common trope that we've seen. I think in Music Teacher, the same sort of thing happened as well with um, <laughs> yes. the, the, the rain in this. And um, I might, I'll start off with uh, my my scene includes the rain. My first uh, scene that I like in that at the start, like after um, Nerma's got home and, and she's been on the phone to her mum, right, and yeah. there's just this shot of her looking out the window at the empty car park spot, and I killed myself laughing. <laughs> I was, yeah, and I, I was absolutely killing myself laughing. I thought that was the most funny shot I've seen because I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> she never actually even parked it there because she hadn't, oh. she hadn't even been home with it. <laughs> It was just like, oh, this, this poor girl. <laughs> oh, man. That was, that was really good. Um, I mentioned before her, her being named after the washing powder. And I, some of them were woeful, but some of the lines, I, I didn't mind. As, as the movie went on, I got into them a little bit. Like, you know, the, the day that she was born, she was named after it because her dad um, got a franchise. And I was like, that's hilarious. And I like the response where it's like, well, lucky your dad didn't get an iPhone that day. Um, <laughs> and then the other one it's was ter- like it's terrible parenting <laughs> and then at the end the other good one um was where uh you know Nurma had sort of come around and, and got her car back and um the artist sort of says you know Nurma took everyone to the cleaners today I thought that, that was good as well <laughs> 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 um the, the root there's a rooftop scene where where they sort of talk about taking risks and, and there's more options in life and I thought the camera work the the um the crane work or the the drone work that they used on that was a really really cool um, little technical element that they included. Um, really put me on edge as to how high up they were and in that situation they were in. Um, I, I, there was a scene where um, they're in the car together, Nurma and the artist, and, and she talks about overcoming her stutter. <laughs> and a technique was to have balls in her mouth. <laughs> I laughed at that too. I thought that was funny. <laughs> it was good because I was wondering if there was going to be a bit of a cultural difference in what that meant. But artist had our back. He's like, yeah, I, where I come from. It's <laughs> I'm sort of a little bit disappointed that he fired that because I was like, just leave it at that. That was good. Um, <laughs> And at the end where um, the food delivery dude rocks up at the, the bad guy's house with that sort of takeaway food and it's labeled like all the, the goat <laughs> names on the, on the containers. That was, I, I was like, that was funny. All right. What are some things that you didn't like? Uh, I didn't like it when she sprayed the capsicum spray or whatever it was in her, in her own eyes. Like I know that she's a little bit uh, of a, a bit ditzy and things like that, but she's not a flat out idiot. Like that was just an idiot sort of thing. Um, The guy that was singing his favorite song was just weird. The first time it was weird, like the three times afterward, it just got worse every single time. And I know the whole thing was just like, this is a bad man. He makes people do bad things. Like that was all they were trying to say, but it just, it was so strange. I've, I've, I've put that um, in there too, just because it, any any scene with that singer just was painful and not funny. So I'll, I'll cross it off now because I agree. Yeah, good, good. Um, 
when she went to her what she thought was her car that had been um, taken away for parts, she stared at that screw for way too long. <laughs> I reckon it was about 45 seconds. It was like a slow motion stare at the screw. I didn't mind the emotion um, we saw on the artist's face too in that scene. In the, and I was like, oh, he's actually like got some, you know, some cares, positive yeah. feelings towards her. Um, then I think they, you know, had another shot when she was back at home still with that, that screw. <laughs> with the screw. I'd already written it down too. I'm like, she stared at the screw for too long and then went to another seat and it was back to her sitting at home with the damn screw. Um, I, I similarly liked the rooftop scene that you mentioned. What I didn't like was the second time she went up to the rooftop. I just thought it was overly dramatic for what uh, for where they were at and what she was trying to get across. It, it was just, it just yeah. didn't really work for me. It was almost rushed too. It was like, it was just like a quick add in. Oh, we, we've made this comment earlier. Let's put her up there again. And then she quickly gets down and, and it's done. It was, it was very rushed. Yeah. And the, the final thing I've got in there is, <clears throat> I guess it's more of a question, but you know, I think my brain was also like, this is ridiculous. I don't know why animal planet would be doing a story on fighting goats, like goats that humans make fight. That doesn't feel like an animal planet kind of territory to me. Because <laughs> like a 60 minutes inside or something, not a... <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was strange. That was very strange. Uh, the the dude too, I was very... Uh, he seemed very... Um, he, he seemed a lot more Anglo-Saxon than the others. And then when he started talking, I, I couldn't work out where the, the take was for him either. No, uh, neither. Mm. All right. You done? Done. All right. Uh, I thought the the visual stickers and signs and things around the film throughout the whole film were woeful. Like um, one of the stickers on the car was one mistake game over. And I was like, just trying to highlight where she was at. Like, Oh, she's giving her car away game over. Like there's no hope for her. <laughs> when they, they get to that school, there was like a sign that said when every child goes to school, no child is left behind. And it's like a sweatshop with all these kids that are like <laughs> sorting coins. Um, and the last one was like on this car. It said, um, take action if you dare, if not, endure. And I just thought that were the, the worst, yeah. worst things to, to it wasn't, put in there. It wasn't a very subtle performance by the director in that sense. But I also wonder, because they were sitting in the background, right? And we're reading subtitles. So we just got these massive words on the screen saying like, you know, endure. And we're like, oh, that's pretty blatant. But I guess maybe if it's a little bit more. But it wasn't it, subtle at all. No. Nah. And it sort of ties into that idea of her identifying her car because she's got a certain sticker on the car. So I, I get that. But it was just, um, yeah, and frustrating. Um, the internet dude that kept coming to her house. Just, yeah. Why? <laughs> just, was, I think uh, it was because obviously she got scammed by the, the parking car, instructor yeah. or the car, the parking dude. And this guy was going to scam her as well. And then you get to see the change in her a bit later on when she's just like, piss off, cuts the cord. Like you're not getting me. So that's, that's what I got, but I, I was expecting more from that. <laughs> I was, yeah. I thought there was something. They, else they could it. have taken that out easily. And we still would have got the development. of oh, that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um. The scene at um, Nerma's at the, it's like a bar with her boss and the co-workers that the music was so loud. It was so hard to hear what they were saying. Um, and it was just a, a real, yeah, not a positive thing for me. I know that's a nitty picky thing. Um, now on that point, this is yeah. what annoys me about when you're watching a film with subtitles and they speak in English and the subtitles go away. Like they just remove the subtitles completely, and it, it's it's like oh, I didn't quite hear what you said. I don't know how to turn on subtitles, so it's subtitles in English the entire time. I'll I'll do. I was in. That's in my takeaway. Um, literally, 
it's happened before in international films that we've done. Yeah. yeah you need English the whole, like you need, if you've got an English subtitles on, you need it the whole way through. Don't just take them out because they're speaking English. Cause I could be, I could be deaf yeah. and that's not helping me at all. Yeah. That's um, why I'm watching yeah so anyway that that was my takeaway so i'll be a bit quiet when we get there a bit later on um, <laughs> sorry mate <laughs> that's all right. there's, a, there's a couple of lines the that every lock has a heart and i listened for the heartbeat of the lock that was just the most corny rubbish line i've ever heard in my life um <laughs> and another line here and this is like the the second time in a couple of movies where we had a, a poor joke about Jackie Chan. <laughs> um, Nurma's sad and the artist goes, what's wrong? And he goes, is Jackie Chan dead? Oh, wow. Poor Jackie Chan. That guy is a, is a master of, of his um, style of film and where he's copping a bit the last few weeks. So um, that was, that was a very strange line. It's very strange. Jackie Chan actually grew up in Australia. Um, I don't know if many people know that. He, he's, yeah, his parent they moved to Canberra because um, his parents had like a government job, so he did a lot of study in Australia. Um, interesting fact. Um, the the last thing that I'll pop in here is the um, the traffic jam scene. I mean, <laughs> like I, it didn't. Oh, I, I just sort of put in like, and I didn't mind it because I like afterwards I was like, this guy is super cool. Like the ability for him to just do that and get the the traffic jam undone. But looking back on it a little bit. It, it was not it wasn't needed <laughs> again it's another scene that just mm. wasn't needed because it doesn't add anything we we sort of get that this guy's cool based on him leaning against walls <laughs> and smoking cigarettes in corridors <laughs> and things like that we don't need him to roll in his own cigarettes imagine trying to fix a traffic jam in bloody india like i uh, this guy <laughs> this, this guy must have some sort of superpower um anyway that's me i forgot about that scene i could uh, <laughs> that was out of that's completely gone from my head there you go all right well what was the film trying to say what are some themes or ideas yeah, I think there's this idea of confidence and, and conviction and backing yourself in and obviously taking control of your own life and, and fighting and pushing yourself for what you believe in. I think Nurma does a lot of that by the end of it. Um, I was a bit miffed initially when she quit her job. I kind of wanted her to fight for her job a little bit more and, and prove how good she is. But I guess they give you a little bit of that by her old employer seeing her and, and recognising that she might have been, you know, the one that got away. So that, that, that was sort of worked out all right because she is sort of knows that she's good at her job. She's passionate about her job and she, she kind of worked for it. Um, but then there's also this idea of seeing, seeing good in others and, and recognizing right from wrong. And it's very literal in a sense that Nurma and an artist both sort of take things from each other and, and teach each other. But again, I'm going back to the scene with the bad guy is that he does kind of see how he's impacted this girl and, and wants to change his own life in some respect after that as well very hard to follow that the yeah just that whole idea of, of believing in yourself you need to take risks in life sometimes and face life head on and, and give it a crack and um yeah i think you, you've put that nicely so i've already uh given yeah, my there's not much, that, much more to talk about no nah, there's not i've already given my takeaway where i i want subtitles the whole way through what, what's your takeaway from this one well, the problem is I've wasted your takeaway section and my whole thing is that I don't really have much to take away. I think maybe maybe something along the lines of how you don't need to have an exciting plot to, to, to make a cute and quirky film about discovering yourself, but I do think there needs to be a little bit more than just cute and quirky. I think I need to connect more and I think I need to feel more from a film for it to really work if you're going to give me a plot about a stolen car. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point to, to make as well. Um, did you go onto IMDb to check anyone out at all? 
I didn't go onto IMDb, but I did what you did and went somewhere else to <laughs> find something out. I went on to Google and I typed in the Indian head wobble. Um, it's quite prominent in this film where they do that little head wobble. Um, and I'm not 100% sure if it means yes or no or what. So I found out, I've done some research. There is an array of head shakes um, and, and subtle variations in velocity, vigor, amplitude of the wobble that denotes different meanings, including yes, no, maybe, what's up, carry on. Most frequently, the Indian head wobble, which happens a lot in this film, uh, it means yes, or to indicate understanding of something. Um, but then you can also do an unenthusiastic head wobble that can be a polite way of declining something without saying no directly. So there's a lot in the Indian head wobble, like a lot of differences and changes that, that actually, which I find actually quite fascinating. It's something that you obviously just learn from birth and you get to read other people's head wobbles. That's, um, that's great. That's really good. I, I feel like I've learned something today. That was, um, I'll yeah, just wobble, wobble. <laughs> what am I doing now? <laughs> I know this is an audio yeah, podcast. Well, we, we, don't, we don't know. We, we don't have the intricacies and I'm, I'm uh, glad we don't record this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't jump on it all, but we can lead into some questions. Are there any, any things that you wanted to ask about this? Well, obviously artists had quite an impact on, on Nurma. Um, he, he almost sort of functioned as a teacher in many ways. He saw it as his sort of duty to teach her certain things. How do you think Nurma impacts artists? Um, it's a good question. I think that he, she probably, she probably um, re-emphasizes in his mind that there are good people in the world and you can do or, or act or um, go about your life in a certain way that doesn't necessarily have to involve crime or violence or um, thuggery because I think that that acknowledgement was almost right at the end there where she gets the keys back and you just get that shot of him at the end going, you know, sort of like thanking the, the boss and, and thinking, okay, she's done this in a way that I probably wouldn't have. Um, so maybe I can take that into my life moving forward. I love that answer. I love it. Yeah. And I guess that translates into him wanting to go on a cooking reality show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a bit random at the end too, wasn't it? <laughs> it? It did show him taking a cleaner direction with his life. Yes, that's super true. Good. Anything else? No, that was it. Um, we sort of mentioned this before. So, you know, he likes cooking. He's, he's obviously okay with the money because he's able to give her money to go buy a new iPhone and um, do all the, buy a goat, all this sort of stuff. So, like, why hasn't he put some money into that rest of the house? Like, I, just, I just can't get past it. I can't get past it. Put some more cash in Yeah, there. I guess it's not a priority for him. He's got, the, he's got the kitchen. He doesn't care how he lives. He's got his little dog and he's sleeping on the floor. It's, yeah. It's, he's happy. True. Um, the other one here, there's a shot where Nurma goes back to her boss to officially make sure that she's resigned and the boss and they put this the boss is shredding paper like what what was so important about the boss shredding paper i don't know if it i don't know what it meant that's a, that's a good point yeah it's always like how everyone is disposable to me <laughs> okay i'll take that that's good <laughs> that's a good a stretch um, what's with forever shares are they like some sort of delicacy in india are they like I don't know. Maybe I've missed the, missed the boat that they're an exceptional chocolate. I just took uh, I just took it as their sort of Nurma's, Nurma's faves. I like it. Ferrero Rocher is really nice, though. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all right. They're not too bad. But yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, last one. <laughs> the train station at the end. I, I tried my best to try and work it out, and I couldn't find anything. 
Did that remind you of the train station in Slumdog Millionaire? Ah, oh, I, I was like, I hope you said Slumdog Millionaire here. Yeah, it definitely did, but okay. I, I don't right. think it was the same. I no, think it was I, just I, yeah. um, symbolic of Indian train stations, maybe. That's, I don't know, probably super... I, because they have that line right at the start of the film where she's doing the tour with the, the tourists and, you know, the, the locals are talking about, oh, you know, Slumdog Millionaire, it's bought all these tourists. So I, I, I thought it would have been a nice thing to actually use that same platform. Mm. Yeah. yeah, interesting. They may, they very well may have. I don't think it was, though, from yeah, memory. Yeah, I, could, I um, couldn't find anything. Yeah, But I also right. think that comment was specific to the slums as well. Of the the slums well. Yeah, true. All right, well, I think we're ready to wrap it up and... We give yeah. the film a rating out of five to come up with an average. So um, let us know what your thoughts are. Yeah, look, as I said, it's a funny old film and I did appreciate its cuteness and quirkiness by the time it was finished. <laughs> um, it did take me a while to get through it though and, and a few of the holes in the storytelling in general are, are still hard for me to look past, but I'm giving it a two stars. Nice, yeah, I- it's the type of film that you can sort of chuck on and I know that it's got subtitles, but you don't have to think too hard about what's going on. It's pretty, pretty clear cut and you know what the characters are like and it's fairly sweet. You know, there's no nudity. Um, it's a pretty PG sort of film, except a couple of those swear words. And for me, that the artist is that standout With, without him as a character in this film, um, it would have fallen pretty flat, I think. So I'm giving it a two oh, and a yeah. half, uh, which gives us a 2.25, which isn't too bad. Yep. Nice Feels thing. good. I honestly would have been giving it a lot less, except for the last twenty minutes. Last like minute. I was watching it, like, what's going on here? Yeah, the, like you mentioned at the start, the first the first part was just like very monotonous. I was like, well, we need to get somewhere yeah. quickly. Um, we're on social <laughs> medias. We've, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, Instagram. Check us out if you can. A uh, question that I wanted to put out is, uh, can you use chopsticks? <laughs> question. I can use chopsticks. Can you use chopsticks, Jesse? Um, very poorly. I give it a crack. Like I'll definitely use them, but um, it does does take me about double the amount of time to to finish my meal using <laughs> chopsticks. Oh god! But uh, you're a such crack. a nerma. I am such a nerma. Tell you what, I, I, I'm going to give my keys to the the bum that lives out the front and see if he can park it for me. Um, <laughs> we are back again next week for another episode. Next week we've got another international film. So we're, we're two in a row. It's from 2019. It's a Spanish film. It's also a biographical romantic drama called Elisa and Marcella. It's directed by Isabel Coye and it stars Natalia Di Molina and Greta Fernandez. So we've got that one coming up next week. Looking forward to something a, a little bit different. It looks like it's going to be a lot different to what we've done recently. So that'll be interesting. I'm super keen for this one. Very keen. So yeah, that's uh, that's all we've got next week. Uh, this It's been nice to have a bit of a laugh. It's, I feel like we've done a lot of serious uh, films recently. So this was a, a good little breakup for change. Yeah. Good call. And it was good to have a bit of a laugh at the film whilst talking to you about it. Yeah, it was good. Um, well, thank you. And I will see you next week. <laughs>